If you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary. And add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. I'm a nerd This is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of Fanboy Planet, and uh, with me as always on the Fanboy Planet podcast, Fanboy Planet podcast producer. I'm Rick Brett Snyder. And we are from two different, I don't know if you can say ends of the state. I always, I always question regions. that. Regions. We're in the two regions. major major regions. regions of the state. If If the great state of Jefferson finally does succeed in pulling away, then you will be truly Northern California again. <laughs> but it's weird to say Central California. And I don't want to get bogged down in geography because, you know, uh, I'd rather be living in Metropolis all in all. Uh, so before we begin, of course, I want to say if you would like to join the conversation, you can uh, write in with questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticisms to editor at fanboyplanet.com. That's the old-fashioned way, right? The email. Yeah. But you can follow Fanboy Planet on Twitter, uh, helpfully uh, with the ID of Fanboy Planet. Uh, also on Facebook, and join the conversation there. Uh, every article gets at least a you know cross posted to Facebook uh, at Fanboy Planet, and Instagram at Fanboy Planet, and a YouTube channel. A variety of different things appear there on YouTube, most of which make their way to the main website. But either way, I'm just happy if we're entertaining you. Now, all of it's under the the, hubri- uh, the rubric of fanboy planet all right that's the conversational stuff as well that if uh we talk about something that you might wish to purchase for yourself i mean we are going to talk about uh something adapted from a series of trade paperbacks i don't know if i want to call them graphic novels but regardless if you can't find them at your local comic shop or your brick and mortar store and i will even count barnes and noble perhaps as an endangered species that's worth supporting uh, if you can't find them there, uh, we will have helpful links on to Amazon.com. We are an Amazon affiliate, so if you also would like to help support Fanboy Planet, any purchase made through a link on a page on Fanboy Planet or a search box that goes to Amazon may result in revenue for uh, Fanboy Planet. Have I said Fanboy Planet enough in the first two minutes of this podcast? We just need a, a button you can press to say it. I, a macro. Do they still call those macros? Yeah. Or a soundboard. If I could just yeah, yeah, it's a get soundboard. a soundboard going. You know, um, all right. So uh, before we get into the main meat of this podcast, I do want to update one story and acknowledge something that may point towards a future topic, which is first, that in the ongoing saga of DC Films, at Warner Brothers Discovery in general, it has indeed been announced, as I think we may have predicted, but I may be corrected, that Ezra Miller has been found and uh, has announced that they are currently seeking treatment for uh, emotional or mental health issues. Uh, which is a predicted thing so that uh, they can release the Flash because despite the fact that uh, that Ezra Miller has been uh, accused of 
uh, and with video, a couple are legitimately, it's more than accusation, accused of felonies. Uh, it has been clear for some time that they are not well. And I don't mean to make light of mental health issues because I do think uh, I, I've, I've come to the conclusion after the pandemic that, you know, I, I don't even know what neurotypical is supposed to be anymore because mm-hmm. I think almost everybody I know has something going on and it's a hard road to hoe. I know I just totally messed up that metaphor, but uh, <laughs> it's a road to hoe. It's a hard road to walk road down to to walk down. Uh, but, uh, you know, it has been clear that I know I'm going to sound conservative here that, you know, the Hollywood culture does kind of coddle people if they're famous and sometimes issues don't get uh, recognized and addressed until something has gone horribly wrong. And I think that has been the case for a couple of years because it certainly Warner Brothers needed needed Ezra Miller for both the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them franchise and and the Flash in whatever form the Flash was going to take. I just hope this means that they're not going to scrap the upcoming film and that Michael Keaton will appear again as Batman, whether or not uh, that becomes the ongoing case for Batman. Uh, rumor has it that there's a reshot ending bringing Ben Affleck back who is also in a happier place, so he may just dig being Batman for a while himself, and that's cool too. Speaking of Batman, I do want to acknowledge that the great German director uh, Wolfgang Peterson passed away this week after a long battle with illness. And why, aside from, if you haven't seen Das Boot, uh, his big breakthrough film in America, German language, oh, uh, you know, it, it is definitely... Claustrophobic. Claustrophobic, one hell of a great film, and I, I believe he was the the never-ending story as well, which seems to be in the zeitgeist everywhere, thanks to Stranger Things, and then uh, if you've been watching America's Got Talent. I the, did. Uh, the Freckled Fairy sang it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Freckled Zelda. I'm Freckled. sorry, let me let me give her, you know, acknowledge her, uh, and it's just kind of funny that that song. It was sad to see her go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's okay. I think we'll see her on the, you know, at, at Baycon in a year or two. <laughs> and, and no, and that was an act totally designed for, you know, it's a very specific audience. Right. And, and she's great. But, you know, I, I do get why uh, she did not go on to the finals. Anyway, uh, Wolfgang Peterson uh, did actually pitch, and I'm still not sure how far it went, Uh a Batman Superman crossover film long before Zack Snyder entered the picture. And in fact, it was people laughed when they saw I am legend, not because it's not a great adaptation of I am legend, but because at one point in the post apocalyptic New York, you can see a billboard for Batman Superman. And that was Warner brothers cross promoting like, because at that time they were getting ready to go into pre-production for Wolfgang Peterson's Batman Superman film. So one of those great projects that almost was and never was at the same time. And I'm going to read up on it. Maybe we'll talk about it in a podcast down the road that and George Miller's justice league film. Uh, and I'm sure I'm going to come up with many, many other uh, project uh, superhero projects that never actually happened, but got pretty far, including 
one related to what we're going to talk about tonight, which is, of course, uh, we're recording this uh, the evening after She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, dropped on Disney+. And uh, why this is a connection is sometime in the 80s, Brigitte Nielsen was was signed, or maybe she was just posing and trying to get some company interested in doing a She-Hulk film. And she cosplayed as as She-Hulk. I don't know if she went to conventions, but she definitely had a photo shoot, and I remember the publicity photos. So, you know, back when our Hulks were, you know, just actors, not CGI. Lou Ferrigno, who has grumbled that uh, there's more to uh, the Hulk. It's better when it's a real person rather than a CG person. And uh, and Brigitte, Brigitte Nielsen planned on being Jennifer Walters. So... Uh, earlier, I don't know what time they actually dropped this. Probably at midnight. Uh, I don't, probably. I, I, I try not to stay up because you know we got day jobs. Some of us, and uh, but I, I, I did uh, before work watch because it's short. It's a sitcom. It is really, even though Wandavision, uh, you know, had sitcom elements to tell a very dark and disturbing story. I will go and say that She-Hulk Attorney at Law is Marvel, the Marvel Cinematic Universe's first true sitcom. I would agree with you. And despite the fact that I, I think it um, m- kind of contradicted some little nitpicky continuity things uh, from the Hulk's background, uh, I thought it was a delight. Which ones are you thinking of? Uh, well, now I'm 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 blanking. I guess there is a. I think we can say this because it's early on enough, right? That uh, first of all, I know that there are, are are you know critics out there who are upset about the fact that there's a she Hulk, uh, not realizing, of course, that she's been around since I guess I was eighties, middle school. I want to say it was. I guess early 80s, yeah, right? And I'll get into the inside baseball of why that character exists uh, in, a, in a couple of minutes. But uh, that I was explaining to my wife the actual origin. And I want to credit this ori- the original comic, which was called The Savage, Savage She-Hulk. She-Hulk. Yeah. Uh, that it's one of the few things uh, in the 70s and 80s that Stan Lee took credit for that he actually truly for Marvel deserves the credit for because it was, you know, maybe not the greatest comic ever written, but it was certainly a a, a decent reason to exist. Uh, you know, a decent story, Mm -hmm. uh, in the comics, right. She was, uh, it was a mob hit or, uh, you know, cause she was a lawyer and she got a blood transfusion from Bruce Banner. Right. And in this, from her cousin, from her cousin, right. Right. Uh, which is also funny that I, this is why I, I, I think, or maybe Bruce doesn't know the full story from this first episode. That uh, so maybe not a continuity error so much as Bruce Banner doesn't know everything, and that is you know that his blood goes in there. Uh, you know they get into a car accident here, and she has a gash on her arm. He has he's bleeding from places an and open his, wound, yeah, and an open wound that seeps into her gash it's her uh, his already damaged arm left over from the, oh that's right yes yeah. yes which sort of also you know actually I, it's the damaged arm but it's also got a device that he's using right to keep himself from hulking out and that's that's got that's broken yes and so blood gets into her bloodstream and she 
be, develops the powers, uh, you know, becomes a Hulk. Uh, the continuity thing that kind of bo- bothered me was realizing, and, and this is an iffy thing, right, is that at the end of The Incredible Hulk, uh, Samuel Stearns uh, has a head wound and a blood sample leaks into his head with the implication that the leader was coming because he was like smiling right like he knew right, right and of course that never got picked up and part no. of that was uh shortly thereafter uh or maybe during the production was when disney bought marvel studios and so the incredible hulk is the last film uh that was released by universal but still marvel studios and so it's an iffy thing and i've heard rumors that you know uh the abomination Tim Roth's character will acknowledge that he's actually that Bruce Banner looks different now than Edward Norton, who oh. he originally, you know, confronted in the incredible Hulk. Interesting. Yeah. So, you know, you got to play around with that, which was also a film that sort of, you know, made a difference. Uh, you know, they didn't really, uh, get into the, uh, to the details of the origin of Bruce Banner as the Hulk in the incredible Hulk. No, yet it was, you know, it kind of flashed back to the TV series. They sort of wanted to ignore that there had been that Ang Lee, uh, version with Eric Bana. And yet silly. Yeah. I think there's a, well, there's still one crucial element and I'll, you know, say this is, uh, you know, maybe at this point we'll say people, uh, you know, stop listening to the podcast and watch the episode, then come back is, uh, so spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Do you have a sound effect? We just put an echo on my voice to say spoilers. I can can echo your voice, I guess. Yeah. Uh, an echo upon an echo. Spoilers. 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 Which is that, you know, he's startled. Bruce is startled that she, Except for the very first time, because of course, I, which I totally get, the surprise uh, that she hulks out and quickly kind of gains control of her faculties, right? And speak, and he said, "It took me for forever." And I, I turned to my wife and I said, "You know, the difference is well. First, he's learning that it affects people differently, almost failing to acknowledge that the abomination was sort of the same." issue uh but uh, combined with the super with a failed super soldier serum right, right. uh in the in the incredible hulk uh, which you cannot catch on disney plus you cannot watch it there i think it's on hbo max and which is weird but no there are reasons anyway that uh i turned to my wife and i said oh because jen wasn't abused as a child right and I realized after saying that to her, uh, and and she she does nod patiently, and I really appreciate that that she lets me just <laughs> geek out, um, is that uh, the story that he had been abused was in the Ang Lee film, not in the Louis Leterrier Incredible Hulk. Yeah. So. It's, you know, it's just, I don't know. I wonder, you know, is it an opportunity to kind of get that backstory or sort of fold what works from it? And I'm okay with that. You know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has become a lot more malleable. I've seen some uh, comics creators kind of complain online about Thor Love and Thunder. uh, That, you know, originally when Thor, uh, when the first Thor film came out, the Asgardians were an alien race. They were not gods. Right, right. 
And now by by Thor, Love and Thunder, it's like, eh, it's Marvel. They're, they're quote-unquote gods now. People yeah. understand it. There are gods everywhere. And, yeah. you know, and they've really embraced the goofy, uh, although I take it deadly seriously, the supernatural elements, if you will, or the, or the paranormal. And, you know, so... I'd be surprised. Uh, there's two things about this I'd be surprised if happened. One, um, Marvel itself, especially in the Immortal Hulk run, has so embraced the the storyline because Bruce was abused. Um, and it's, it's been, it's been fundamental in the last, you know, five to eight years that that's been part of the whole. Well, no, it's, it's been, it's fundamental been a lot since it's, Peter David's run. Yes. I, you know, yes. I, I don't want to, but give, they, they come and go and it's been really strong. Yeah. Lately. I, I, I want to give credit because smart Hulk, which I, I love. That, I agree. That yeah. she says, you know, you use it. She gives the legal argument. I'm sorry, you're smart Hulk. And I can't believe that no one's just called him smoke. Uh, that, that, that comes, it's really the professor. Quote unquote, right. the that character the Peter from Peter David David's character. run when yeah. he was the head of the Pantheon. Mm-hmm. And uh, a great but, run. But, uh, you know, again, so here's where we talk about graphic novels that you can pick up. Uh, Barry Windsor Smith's Monster was right. actually originally a Hulk story, uh, was intended to be a Hulk story that introduced that element. So if you want to see where it would have gone, uh, you, you know, or read where it would have gone if the original creator who came up with the idea had gotten to do the story he wanted to. And I can't remember. There are reasons why Marvel editorial changed it, you know, kind of either they moved him off the book, decided it was a bad idea. And then a month later, let Bill Mantlo take it and, and write it into as part of the Hulk's background. But yeah. Peter David really ran with it with the multiple personalities. You write immortal Hulk. Absolutely. It's important. And I, and I think to some extent, planet Hulk, uh, which to me are like yeah. those are the three greatest Hulk arcs there are now. Um, but the other, the other thing is, do you really think we're going to see the Hulk again in this series? Yes. You really? Yeah. Yes. Do you have insider information on that? Because I just I was looking at at that first episode and going, man, the CGI budget on this is off the charts. There is, in fact, one scene still where. Um, it's clear someone missed in editing or just decided, look, we have a, a deadline and we can't CGI this. When she's doing the uh, the meditation the first time with right, him, right. the next scene is when he puts the air horn up to her ear and she hulks out. And he said, he's like got his notes and he says, oh, you know, you revert to Jennifer when you sleep. That's good. But the previous scene while doing meditation, she was just Jennifer. Right. So what I did read from uh, an interview with the, the, uh, the creator was that they were frantically kind of rewriting scripts when they realized, like Kevin Feige basically said, you know, go for it. Do, you know, tell us. And then we'll tell you when we can't afford to do it. And so they were rewriting on the fly when they realized hey, this is going to cost too much to, for her to be She-Hulk. And uh, and I saw those too, you know, the, that uh, the extra uh, or the stunt person is credited as the uh, She-Hulk reference uh, in the cast. Hmm. So uh, there is a stunt woman. I don't know her name, but uh, she and I have a mutual friend who was excited to post it. Uh, she's a six foot seven woman, so she was like the you know the stand-in for She-Hulk because there was no way they were going to actually make Tatiana Maslany six foot seven. Um, so yes, I, I agree with you. The budget is huge. 
Uh, I think that you'll see Bruce Banner. I don't know that you'll see the Hulk. Okay. I think okay. you will see Mark Ruffalo more often. Uh, you know, and, and the other thing there, I mean, I, I loved her speech about I'm always angry. But again, that was kind right. of the continuity thing of like, well, uh, Bruce, that was your that was, we all squeed line in right. Avengers. Right. The secret is I'm always angry. Uh, I mean, I love the perspective uh, from you know the feminist perspective on yes. it, I thought that was terrific. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know it, the fact that he keeps forgetting, uh, or or because it's convenient for the storytelling, and yet, look if 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 you are startled by the tone of this series, it is again we have reached the age, and I think this is the strength of the MCU going to the to Disney Plus, is they can do television series. As they've started to do with, you know, Thor, clearly the last two Thor films are, they've done television series that are like what you would get as comics. They're all set in the same comics universe. Right. But She-Hulk for, when did John Byrne do that? I'm thinking I was in college, it was maybe in 89. Okay, so sensational She-Hulk. Sensational She-Hulk is when she really started breaking the fourth wall and right. it became comedic and really played up that. Different from the Savage She-Hulk. Definitely different from her appearances in Fantastic Four and the Avengers. And I think that's part of it, too, is I think there are people that have maybe only read what she's been in the Avengers. And certainly what I've caught of the Avengers in the last few years, there is nothing funny about her plight as She-Hulk. You know, so but we are getting a sitcom. We're getting a show that is. Its own thing, but definitely drawing from what John Byrne did, what Dan Slott did, and I think Charles Soule is the last, or is that the current writer? Actually, we have to go before Byrne. I I, I looked this up because I thought it was true. She was, the sensational aspect of the She-Hulk was in um, an Avengers book called Solo Avengers. Ah, yes. With Alan Alan Davis was the the penciler and and it was uh, Claremont. And okay, then all credit to Claremont. Yeah, so Claremont he did, and he did his story um, was Jennifer's in court, and Titania comes in. Okay, so there you go. Uh, although, did they say it out loud yet? I, and I only want to say it because it was Jamila Jamil, great entrance. Yeah, um, I, 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 I think I want to call her uh, Titania. I may be wrong. I freely admit that. Just only because, you know, it's Titania Maslany is the actress right. playing Hulk, She-Hulk, or Jennifer Walters. That'd be really weird if they pronounced their names the same, you know, though they're spelled very differently. I, I, I don't know. I, I will make a Cinequest reference because, of course, we remember we did. I don't think we got to meet her, but we did see Titania Maslany on stage at Cinequest when she got a Maverick Spirit Award a few years ago. Right. So always thrilled when there's a Cinequest crossover uh, while we are recording in the midst of Cinequest and you are there. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it was funny they didn't overplay the fourth wall breaking certainly not as much as deadpool but again it was so beautiful though i had to turn to my to my wife and say uh she predates deadpool in doing this yep Uh, in which she just nodded and said yes very good here have some more coffee (laughs) uh because you got to go to work soon i did i did love the uh the legal assistant referring to the jennifer the um savage jennifer walters look yes (laughs) i was like I know it was it was fun. The interesting thing, so um, 
uh, Jessica Gao is the uh, creator and showrunner. Uh-huh. Um, she's a she was a staff writer for Rick and Morty, so you can tell you know there's a little bit of that. Anything goes. Uh, there's an anarchy, uh, just a right. small undercurrent. She's right for it, and I just I read an interview with her. The weird thing is, she said that actually originally when she when they broke down the scripts that the origin was the last episode. And then they realized, oh, everyone's going to be very confused by this, <laughs> which they acknowledge at the beginning. Like, yeah. you're probably wondering what she means by me hulking out, right? And right. Uh, and, and it is funny because through this interview, I got a little bit of insight into the Marvel, uh, you know, how they're running things is that she was actually brought in or at least got her agent to get her into a meeting to pitch for the Black Widow film. But the mm. problem is, I, uh-huh. you know, she pitched the Black Widow film talking about Black Widow hanging out with her good friend Jennifer Walters. And uh, I don't know if it was Kevin Feige or just some studio executive who looked at her and said, really sounds to me like you'd like to make a She-Hulk movie, not <laughs> a Black Widow movie. And she slapped and said, you're right. And then a couple years later, they went, hey, <laughs> they came back to her and said, you want to do that She-Hulk thing now? And, you know, so so far a thing of beauty uh, you know i i will can i do a little inside baseball as to why the character exists sure is so you you reminded me it's 81 1981 uh universal has on cbs the incredible hulk television show with with uh uh bruce bixby lou, lou ferrigno and lou ferrigno um Bill Bixby, Bruce Bixby. That's funny. And then ironically, of course, <laughs> they, because they changed yeah. his name to David, so that they, because they said David Bruce, Bruce Banner. Yes. They, no, they never said he was Bruce. I, think I thought said, it was on a. I was on a. Um, no, in Tombstone. Mar- no, in Marvel, it's uh, it's Robert Bruce Banner because Stan Lee forgot what his first name was. Oh. You know that's why everybody's alliterative in the early '60s because it was easier for him to remember, and he still got he named him Bruce Banner in issue one, and then called him Bob for three issues, and then somebody <laughs> wrote in and said, "I thought he was Bruce." And he went, "Oh, Robert Bruce Banner." So his friends call him Bruce. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so you know maybe on the tombstone it's David, but but it, it was famously made fun of in Mad because the studio executives thought, uh, no, at the time Bruce was, you know, uh, kind of a swishy name. So, you know, I looked it up. It's David Bruce. It is David Bruce Banner on the the TV series on the tombstone. So he's David Banner, but really it's Bill Bixby, Lou Ferrigno in the middle of that time. Uh, Marvel realizes, or, you know, somebody possibly Stan realizes in the giving away of the rights, which are still an issue, uh, for the incredible Hulk, that uh, or not giving away. They did sell them, but probably not for the deal that it, it, you know the money they're worth now. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, they were afraid that Universal, like they did with the Six Million Dollar Man, would spin off a female character. Six Million Dollar Man spun off the Six Bionic dollar, Woman. Yeah, the Bionic. Yeah, Which, they didn't give her a price tag because she's priceless. Uh, she's at least seven million. Uh, yeah. You know, and they inflation, had a, and they had a son too. I think it was a uh, twelve million, something like that. <laughs> I, I, I remember watching that reunion film, but I don't remember the price tag. So you know, it was logical. That's also why why we have a Spider Woman, um, is because they knew that filmation was creating a Spider Woman character, so they had to beat it to print uh, before the TV, before the Saturday morning cartoon could start. So. Filmation had to change the name to Web Woman, uh, and Spider Woman exists for that reason. But here, 
Stan wanted to get ahead of Universal and cut him off at the pass and just say, we own She-Hulk and you don't have the rights to her. Right. So that's why she created it. And that, for all those mercenary reasons, the fact that we got a character so rich that Savage She-Hulk, the initial run, uh, was, you know, was pretty good. Uh, I think Sal Basima drew that first issue. I was also, you know, I'm, I've started freeze framing the special thanks at the end. Yeah. And uh, I had forgotten. Uh, he was, I guess, doing inking at the time. It's Sal Basima with, uh, with Mike Vosberg on inks. And so I emailed uh, Mike because actually we just connected right before Comic-Con. And uh, because I just reviewed an omnibus of, of Vosberg's own independent work. And and so you can read a review of uh, Lori Lovecraft on, on fanboyplanet.com. And uh, so, you know. We it, was, a, it was John Basima. John Basima did the first one? Yep. Okay. I, I, Penciler. That does make sense. Okay. Is Vosberg the inker then? Uh, Chick Stone. Yeah, I, then I don't know where Vosberg comes in. Uh, I do know that later, you know, Vosberg was uh, took over um, American Flag when uh, when Howard Chase. Vosberg was issue two. Okay, there we go. <laughs> As the penciler. Yeah, and a lot of and there were a lot of books that were really well done that didn't last long in the early eighties. It was kind of the hit and miss. It was the last gasps of newsstand really and you know so that's not a sign of the book's quality i mean uh there was a great chris claremont run of man thing that lasted only 11 issues yeah and you know great great stuff so you know it, it's just that newsstands as they as it was or drugstore distribution was dying out and they hadn't really quite yet figured out this direct market whether or not that was a good thing it saved comics for another 30 years but anyway uh, so, you know, there's that. The reason you can have Mark Ruffalo on a series called She-Hulk and he can be the Hulk, they still cannot actually, thanks to their deal with Universal, they still cannot call uh, Hulk, they cannot release a film with the the Hulk as a title character. That's why he's in Thor uh, Ragnarok. That's why he can be in the Avengers films. And and he can be in She-Hulk, but he can't have his own solo. I would also say that's probably why Namor is appearing in, in Wakanda forever. There, you know, it's it's unclear, but think that um, that Universal still owns the rights to dist- distribute a Namor solo film. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's unclear. Kevin I thought Fe- they had gotten the rights back. Kevin way, Feige, way Kev, back. No, Kevin Feige has always said it in a very cagey way. Uh. And I think really they've just figured out this loophole. Um, I mean, it's one reason realizing that in Wakanda forever, uh, Namor is not from Atlantis. He, uh, I, I'm blanking on the name. It's but it's a kind of it, it's an Aztec, a mythical kingdom from. Oh right, from the yeah. Aztec Empire. The, the imagery is Aztec. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I think that's actually. You know, it is a smart business decision, and not for the reasons that um, the Comicsgate people might think. It's that look, DC. The one thing they, well, one of a few things they've done right in the last few years, you know, was their Aquaman film, which beat beat Marvel to the punch with a version of Atlantis. Mm-hmm. So, Marvel films, Disney can trademark this Aztec kingdom. Yeah, and. Same basic story, blue skin. I'm wait. I can't wait for that explanation. But uh, you know, 
why Namor is is pink skinned. I mean, even though he was in the comics too, he's a mutant. He's a mutant, right? That's right. true. Uh, we watched. This he's the first Marvel mutant. We wa- thank you, John Byrne, for that retcon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wasn't one of, even one of his solo books was called the first mutant? Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> you can't say that when we've just. We're only just now introducing mutants into the Marvel Cinematic well, he, Universe. He is such a mutant because he's got the wings on his feet. None of I his know. other people have. He's pink no, skin. No, I, I know. That was the funny thing was, uh, was we were watching that trailer at Comic-Con over and over. And, uh, again, my my wife you know, opened the door and said, why does he have wings on his feet? <laughs> because. So he can and, fly. It's the shortest answer I've ever given to one of her comics book questions. <laughs> just because that's why. Uh, yeah, you can say he was the first mutant, but let's face it, he had those wings from 1939, and they yes. weren't talking about mutants then. No. Uh, he was just—he's half human. We and didn't talk about that, that kind of stuff. We no, oh, we just, no, we just didn't. We we swept it under the carpet. Sure, there are mutants everywhere. So funny! I've got a I've got a Amazon show next to me, the Echo Show, and oh, it shows okay. pictures and stuff. And it just came up with a full screen of like the four, first four of the Martin Caden uh, cyborg novels that became the Six Million Dollar Man. Yeah, I was gonna say we had to make that connection very I just, clear. Why? I just looked looked yes. over it at at that. I'm like, is it really listening to me that much? Yeah. Uh, maybe I mean this is why we really should record these podcasts from uh, you know our mutual uh, you know our respective homes, but in isolation pods so yes, we get no yes. visual stimulation. <laughs> Definitely, because uh, the, the it's not the audience is listening; it's the AI that's yeah. listening to us, and uh, it's Skynet. Uh, let's face it. Uh, so yeah, we, so I would say we both heartily agree and recommend uh, She-Hulk Attorney at Law. I can't wait for next week. Absolutely, there will be like all those comics runs. There will be several uh, villains. Uh, some yes. goofy ones have shown up in trailers. Yes, uh, that I like. Wow, they went deep dive, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm here for it. You just embrace the silliness of the Marvel universe. Let's do it. Yeah, this is cl- this is as close to an ambush bug movie as we're going to get so far. Well, maybe no, no, no we're going to get an ambush bug movie. Uh, you know, uh, I have, I believe, get, I believe, I have high hopes. Uh, hey, you it, know what it, else? It, you know what else we should rec- Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say. I think we, what what's happening is we're reaching that point uh, in in film. Every genre. Uh, I would say probably has about a good 20 year run before it starts really making fun of itself. And, and Fox started with Deadpool, even though that was endemic to the character. And that's what, but that's what we're really seeing in the Marvel cinematic universe. Now it's been around long enough that it can actually embrace how goofy this world is as much as we take the morality of it seriously, the ethics of it seriously, I hope, uh, you know, I mean, we, we end the podcast with use your powers for good. You know, I mean, that's uh, there's a, there's still a morality. But I think about that, the Western, you know, Blazing Saddles kind of deflated it and and killed it for a little while. Uh, Universal Monsters went, you know, lasted it, had a really great run in the 30s and 40s. And then it became Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. And, you know, and we've we had talked about that with a D&T, classic. A cl- no, it is a great film. I yeah. am not 
mocking that at all. As I've been okay. listening to Mel Brooks's autobiography, uh, you know, him reading it, he uh, says, you know, Martin Scorsese paid tribute to him and said, one can be a great filmmaker just and still just want to make people laugh. Yeah. And, you know, so, yeah, it's not the quality of, of those films. I, I think that's one of their, Abbott and Costello's best films. Um, you know, so uh, we're there. What else would you like to recommend, Rick? On May 10th of this year. Um, it's in the past, right? Or have I traveled back in time? No, on May 10th of this year, uh, Marvel expanded their epic collection, which is truly, these are great reprint books. Are they um, color? I haven't looked they through They are color. And basically, it's like like uh, the list price on them is forty bucks, and they're four hundred. They're on the average around four hundred fifty to five hundred pa- five hundred pages. So amazing! And they did the She Hulk epic epic, epic collection. This which is starts, very hard to say for both of us. She Hulk epic, epic collection, collection um, breaking the fourth wall. She uh, sells She Hulks by the seashore. Amazon's got it for thirty bucks, and that's just a good. Such well, a great if you're read. listening, people, and uh, you want to run back to fanboyplanet.com, yes. we will have this link. We we already do. That's the time traveling brilliance of doing a podcast. We had this link. Yesterday. We had we've had this link for some time. Uh, it could have been hours. It could have been days. We don't know by the time you're listening to this, but that link exists on fanboyplanet.com. So uh, yes, I'm all uh, I'm all for that. You know, I I haven't picked up those because I had some essentials, um, and like there are things like I kind of want to replace my Kill Raven uh, because I know it's in color now. Yeah, and but I have the essential one, and I'm like I still haven't read the essential one, and, <laughs> and it's like and you got me into omnibuses so you know is it worth just getting the she-hulk omnibus i don't know but but i grant you that's the thing is these things are available at a a great variety of price points you could subscribe and this is no kickback to us because i haven't figured out how to get marvel to say oh okay you can have a little kickback uh to be an affiliate uh to the marvel unlimited uh app you know because all Mm -hmm. those books are there too and it's great, and I, you know, I will say, and we've talked about this before. There is an advantage to getting the Marvel Unlimited app that has nothing to do with reading back issues anymore. It's that they are competing directly with Webtoons, although I guess they've rolled over one of their titles to Webtoons now. But they are doing Infinite Comics, so they're doing the same style uh, that you know kids today are reading their comics by scrolling up and down. But David Papos is doing a great Avengers series. If you've never read an Avengers comic, and it is exclusive and to the to you know to this format, there's a whole bunch. I mean, not all the other titles really float my boat. There's you know, but there's one about cats, the cats of Marvel, uh, alligator Loki, uh, Spider-Man fairy tales. Not my bag, but really well done. And, you know, so there's just a, a bunch of stuff being adapted I- I- into this format, and you got to subscribe to the app. And it's not a bad deal. And, again, uh, this, is, this is not a paid endorsement. We get nothing from talking about that as well as the DC one, which, I, you know, I just like. And then, of course, by God, you gotta, you got to get a Hoopla app or a, what's the other a library one? Um, uh, oh, God, it starts with an O. Um, Ovation? No. No. I could... Yeah, I turned my phone off so it would make noise. Okay. Uh, I appreciate that, and I'm sorry. It's my fault. I uh, 
I rambled. So I've got Hoopla on mine. I thought I had the other one too, but I'm not. I'm not seeing it on my phone. Canopy was not. That was just films. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't have it anymore. I thought I had it, but I guess because my library connection was just Hoopla. Uh, you know, I got to say, uh, my, my my local library made the graphic novel uh, Overdrive. Overdrive. Thank you. Maybe it's on my maybe it's on my iPad, and I don't have that with me right now, but. Uh, my local library lifted its restriction on graphic novel checkouts oh. and maybe they're going to put it back on because, you know, people aren't, uh, isolating at home the way they were for two years, but it's been great for catching up on series. And I think, you know, next week, uh, maybe it's time to just, again, get to a kind of a, not quite a what's in the bag but kind of update. Like what are the things we're past the midpoint of the year, but what are the comics or the, the graphic novels, if you will, collections that have really been floating your boat in the last Sounds six like months. Sounds like a good idea for a show. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying is maybe that's next week's topic. And there it is. So your preview. I, you know what? By fiat. But, you know, we have a quorum. This is how it happens, folks. This is how it happens. And you're behind the scenes. Woohoo! I, I should have gotten this on video uh, and posted it to Instagram. But anyway, uh, there you go. That, that's, uh, that'll be next week. We'll, we'll talk about uh, the, the books that we're really, really digging right now, whether they be individual ongoing series or whether they be, you know, there's a collection right now out there that because I, I just caught up through Hoopla. I've been getting like, again, omnibus editions. But, you know, they'll let you check out volume one of a series or you yes. can just read the omnibus, which has the entire series. Like, yes. why would I just check out volume one? Uh, it's not like it's heavier. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I. I I will say Although this. there are some people for the download time might be prohibitive for some Maybe. people. Maybe I, you know, I, I mean, I'll hold off exactly what it is, but I've been on the kick from a particular writer when I realized that I was buying three titles uh, from uh, that strictly because he was writing them, and and I just started all very different. None of them superheroes, although one sort of, and I was just kind of like going, I guess I got to go back and see what else he wrote before I you know before i realized that i liked him and so i've been doing that for the past couple of weeks and it's been great so there we go let's wrap it up watch watch she hulk attorney at law uh if you've gotten this far you probably did watch it so uh i hope so i hope we didn't spoil anything other than just that how effusive we are with our praise of it and of course if you again if you'd like to join in on the conversation in one way or another add to it by writing a letter a uh, handwritten letter. That'd be great. On like parchment paper, like a Civil War thing. We'll create a Ken Burns style Fanboy Planet documentary based on your letter. And because, you know, you have a you have a Mac, right? Yeah. That is uh, one of their slideshow options. My brother and I discovered that you can actually take your photos and they will say and they actually say Ken Burns. And oh, yeah, the Ken Burns. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you about my mother's memorial service for making me cry as we were selecting photos, Ken Burns and, and Apple. Uh, so anyway, uh, there we go. We might do something with that. Anyway, write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. So thank you for listening. And uh, I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use, use your, your powers, powers for good. good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast.
Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com.